Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, number 208, is brought to you by Ensemble Studio Theater and Radio Drama Network, presenting Winners, a play by Maggie Bofill, directed by Pamela Berlin. It opens January 14th, runs through February 8th, on Wednesday through Saturday, and Mondays at 7 p.m., Saturday at 2 p.m., that's a matinee, a mat in the business, and Sunday at 5 p.m. It is at Ensemble Studio Theater, which is at 549 West 52nd Street, over by 11th. It's over by The Daily Show, trust me. What's the play about? I will tell you. The hilarity, war, and regular mayhem of family life has been out of control when the financial crisis hits and the Mackey family is forced to make big changes. Everything is off. Dad's in his pajamas. Nothing is as it's supposed to be. It takes the kids and cat and dog to set things straight, daring those they love most to not just be heroes, but superheroes. And it features current Connor, Dave Gellis, who I've known forever. He's great. Ariel Goldman, Stephanie Sue, Polly Lee, Grant Shout, Florencia Lozano, and Scott Sowers. Boy, I had a party saying her name. So go check it out. Call 866-811-4111 or go to Ensemble Studio Theater. That's Ari, R-E at the end, dot org, and go check out winners. Once again, Maggie Bofill, new play. Go check it out. Get a little culture in your life. It's not all about sports. It's mostly about sports. Speaking of sports. Ready to unload with Cal and Sepi, number 208. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. Stampede number 208, New York Sports Talk Podcast, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's ready to run over with Cal and Stampede. It's New York Sports Talk. Nice. Hi. I'm Stampede. Good evening. It is Wednesday, December the 17th, 2014. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Ready to Run Load, as I said a couple of times. Right, we're going to talk about New York Sports Nice. This is the podcast. These are the jokes, folks. Um, hi, welcome to the program. As I mentioned, I'm Sam Pete. Thank you for joining us for episode number 208. 208. Hi. It's uh, it's a lovely evening here in New York. It's unseasonably mild. It was in the 50s today. So make of that what you will. I don't care about the weather. I am decidedly not a weather guy. Don't care. The weather is what it is where you live. Do you choose to live in a place because of the weather? I don't. It's fine if you do. 
I have lived in some places where the weather is glorious. I lived in Los Angeles. It's sunny every day there. But uh, I was nonplussed by the weather. The weather is what it is. It is what it is. If you're so affected by the weather, eh, move. Then you move to you move to San Diego, where the weather is perfect every day. Okay, enough with the weather. What am I, my grandmother now? <laughs> now I'm my Aunt Dolly? My hip and my sciatica. Uh, let's welcome the co-host. Hi, welcome to the program. We're going to talk about New York sports. We have a ton to talk about tonight. Yeah. The Mets, the Jets, he's coming. Uh, the Islanders, uh, the, the the Mets, the Jets, the Islanders, uh, the, the, the Rangers, probably not. Uh, the Giants, definitely. Uh, we have so much to get to tonight. Plus, uh, Bishop, I don't, I, I'm getting there. Please, please. That is, don't use the deep voice. You use the female voice, and now you're using the deep voice. I will not be intimidated by Computer Cal. Hi, Cal, are you there? Hi, welcome. Hi, Bri. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? Here he is. Long flowing robes. Splendid, really. Hi, Cal. Hi. You're very low. I don't know why. Your volume is very low. Pick up the... Let's go. Pick it up. Okay. Yes, sir. Sorry. Cal. There it is. Get close to the microphone. Don't be afraid of it. Okay. Okay. Is that better? That, you, why don't you, I tell you? You tell me because apparently I'm not doing something right tonight. <laughs> Here. Um, Oh there we, oh oh there oh there it is. Oh, okay. You know you know what the problem was? I'd love to hear it. I have I use an extension. I have extensions. <laughs> you couldn't tell that this is a weave? I use an ex I, I use an extension uh for my headphones. I have a twenty foot headphone extension cord. Wow. So I can move about the cabin freely while we're doing the show. Right. Should I need to use the facilities? <laughs> Something to that effect. I can do that. I've never done it. It also allows me to travel about the kitchen if I need to go pour myself maybe another glass of wine or a cup of coffee, whatever I'm drinking on a particular night. And this allows me the freedom to do so. And sometimes it doesn't always work great. Okay. How are you? Good. Good. You were a little uh, late to the program. Is everything all right? Uh, yeah, wow, you were just airing all of the uh, dirty laundry tonight, huh? It's all out there. It's yep. all out there, pal. So in in the 90 seconds that I've been allowed to talk on your show, I'm too low, and I was late to the party. Yep. All right, great. Good stuff. Un- unmitigated disaster. You're <laughs> welcome to my program. Right, thanks. Thanks for having me. And, of course, we can't get Uvu to work either. Nope. That must be my fault also. I'm feeling like that one's my fault. That's probably not. <laughs> Professional scapegoat at your service. You must be a Mets fan. I have a card. Are you a John Itzik fan? <laughs> because he is now a professional scapegoat. You no, know, he's not he's just uh he's just a whipping boy. Yeah, he's gone pro. He's given up his amateur status and gone pro. He is now just a scapegoat. That's it. For sure. Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about that in a bit because they flew another plane overhead again at Jets practice today. The fire at sick plane. It, it's gotten awfully look at me, hasn't it? Awfully look at me. Uh, it's been like that for a long time now. You're right. You're absolutely right. 
It actually started that way. It did, but it started that way. Yeah, I guess. And what's then bothering it, me is like the graphics now, and like the logo, and the you know yeah. they, they're using the jet font for the fireitzik.com and. Well, it's it's not jet font. They'll explain it to you that it's an actual font that's a pub, you know public domain. It's not. Oh, jet is that font. is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. They have they you have an answer for everything, which is good. It's good for them. So it's all very well thought out and planned. One of these guys has got to be a lawyer, right? Got to be. I believe one of them is. Yeah, it's got to be because of the. There, there are so many legal ramifications here that, mm-hmm. you know, are just uh, w- with what they're doing with the Jets. But I want to talk more, and when we get into it, I want to talk more about do you think John Itzik will be fired? The, the Christian Dyer story came out today. Was it Dyer? I don't know. I don't read Christian Dyer. It was either Dyer or oh boy, I'll have to go back and look. You know, there's there's one Jet Beat reporter who gets actual great information. Only one. It really, actually, honestly, only one. Right. Like he's he had the Decker signing. He had the you know um, uh, who is it? Is it Dyer? I'll have to go back and look on on the Twitter. But he had the article today about it being basically the front office being undecided and being 50-50 on letting John Itzik go. And Woody is listening to the fans, listening to the fans. So we'll, he, is, he is listening to the that's fans. That's correct. So we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but how are you, man? We're, we're eight days away from Christmas here. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it's crazy town. Crazy. Came, came fast this year. And I am solo tonight. Comes fast every year. Solo meaning what? Han or the cup. All right. Or hope. Or hope. Uh, boy, what happened to her? Didn't some boy, this bad brain thing, wreck. Bad things with her? Cuckoo. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say cuckoo. I can because, um, and who did she marry? Jeremy Stevens? Jeremy of, Stevens, yeah. Of the uh, Seattle Seahawks team? Former both, both NFL them. player, yes. Yes, both of them, just off the reservation completely. Yes. Can we say off the reservation anymore? Yeah, I can, all these things are fine. Is that still okay? It's all fine. Okay, just checking. Right. Um, no, I uh, uh, Teresa and the boys, uh, <laughs> that's not a country band, have taken off for um, uh, Texas. Boy, this is starting to sound like a country band. Um, have, uh, have are, you home, are you home alone with the dog? I am home alone, <laughs> and my Chevy. <laughs> Correct. Let's just start writing this. I don't know why the song is one eight hundred one eight seven seven cars for kids. That's a country song. It is a country song. Well, we the famous one eight seven seven cars for kids thing is that the the guy demanded that they get Johnny Cash. Right. And and of course the people in the meeting were like, well he's dead. We can't get Johnny Cash. Well I don't care. Get somebody that sounds like Johnny Cash. They got a Johnny Cash sound alike. Right. Johnny Cash is going to make people want to donate their car. It's, it must be working. <laughs> They're still in business. It, it must be working. Yes. So you're alone. That's good. Yeah. Or bad. No, I don't know. I'm, 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 I will head out to Texas then later in the week. Later, oh, later tonight. No, right. I stuck around just to do the show. Yeah, I wouldn't put that past you. No, nobody would. 
I uh, I love the expression. I wouldn't put that past. I love put past. I love that as an expression. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so good. I wouldn't put that past you or him or. I wouldn't put it or that. Why would you? I. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the basis of that. I wouldn't put that past him. Why would you put it past? Why would you? Like what? Like what situation would make you put that past him? Why would you? Why are you placing something on the other side of him? It's, it's just bizarre. It's a strange. It's a strange. The English language is fascinating. It's wonderful. It really is wonderful. I love. Uh, I wouldn't put that. But I say it. I think. You wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't put it past you. Wouldn't put that past you. I think that is better. Because there's specificity involved. What's that? Right. As opposed to what is it? As Epic asked the musical question. In no more. <laughs> Faith no more. On, on, uh, right. Get set. What is it? Oh, get set. Is that what they say? I thought so. Let's bring in. We should. This is probably a good time, right? To bring in our resident music expert. Bring in our resident everything expert. Right. Uh, Bishop Big Donut. Oh boy. Oh boy. What do you think he's doing eight nights away from Christmas? Solving <laughs> well, a mystery? Are you saying he's working on a mystery? I think he's solving one. With this music, he definitely is. I think he's Bishop looking Big at Donut clues. murders. He's looking at clues under a dimly lit room. With his glasses down by his nose. Right. That's Philip tr- medical examiner. I want his report. By tomorrow. <laughs> Wearing an ill-fitting suit and a loosened tie. <laughs> so he's Quincy, is what you're saying. He could be Quincy. <laughs> and the 27-year-old medical examiner assistant is like, I can't get you this. Will you find a way? He's grizzled. He's for sure. totally grizzled. For sure. And disheveled. Is this a 37-minute intro? <laughs> I just keep that up for as long as you'll, as long as you can stand it. It yeah. plays over the credits. It's, it's the Prague Rock Hotel. Um, hey, Bishop, what's up, pal? Hey there, hi there, ho there. We are yeah. watching. Well, not watching. It's on in the background. My wife has on uh, White Christmas. Oh, look at you! What That's are you, one bad what are you 63 movie. years old? <laughs> that's that's terrible stuff right there. Is she curled up with an afghan and is she uh, uh cursing about Obamacare or what? She's been hey, under the blanket for hey, 16 hey, days hey. now. Hey. You don't do that on this show. Sorry, I forgot. We are completely apolitical. Obamacare. Um <laughs> <laughs> So uh is it get set? What is it? I think it's it's it. What is it? No, that can't be possible. You want to know what I thought it was? What did you think it was? He said. Wait, what now? He said? He said! What, what is, is it? it? He said! Oh, I see. I thought it was get set. Yours makes much know. more sense, Cal. I, but I don't know if I'm right. Nobody knows, I think, the answer. I don't even... Remember th- the song... Remember the song... Uh, no more knows the answer. Remember, the, I don't know who, who the band that sang it. It was it was like an 80s kind of... 
I want to say it was like Cool in the Gang, but it, I don't know if it was. The song I, was called Too Hot. Too Hot. Too Hot, baby. Right. Gotta get some from under. Gotta learn what he says. Yeah. Gotta run now, for shelter. Gotta run for shade. Come on. Run for shade. Cause it, who was that? It, I thought That's that was Cool in the Gang. Yeah. It is Cool in the Gang. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, always, always thought the song was titled Two O'Clock. <laughs> because always. it's two o'clock. Two o'clock, two o'clock, baby. Got to run for shelter. Got to run. It's two. It's, well, he's announcing at two o'clock now. You got to do all these things. Two o'clock. Let's go. Middle of the day. What have you been doing all day? It's two o'clock. Get up. <laughs> Get running. Let, let me explain to you. Epic. Every line in Epic. Every every verse starts with. It's, you know, it's alive, it's alive, it's sin, it's magic, it's tragic, it's a loss, it's a win. So at the end, they keep saying, well, what is it? It's it. What is it? It's it. It's it. It's it. dark, it's moist, it's a bitter pain, it's sad, it happened, and it's a shame. You want it all, but you can't have it. It's in your face, but you can't grab it. These lyrics are way deeper, way deeper than I thought they were. The extent of my lyrical knowledge of that song. That was off the top of your head. Yeah. No. Why? <laughs> I thought you looked it up real quick. I did not know that you had that much of a lyrical prowess. There I know with... the song. I had the album. You had the whole album. At the time, I... you had to buy the whole album. No, you Remember? did not, my friend. Remember record stores? Cassette singles. Cassette singles, buddy. Oh, that's true. Of course. You're right. I may have had that on. I I, I don't think I had that disc. I don't think I bought that whole CD. I I sure watched it on uh, on MTV a lot with the the dead fish and Pauly Shore playing piano at the end. The flopping fish. I I always looked at that (laughs) and kept saying, is that Pauly Shore? It looks a lot like Pauly Shore. It's not not Pauly Shore. That's like an urban legend, but... We all, we all immediately had the same stream of consciousness thought about that video. <laughs> we've never discussed it, and we all thought it was Polish or could be Polish Shore, and we're all we're watching. We're like, "Is that Polish Shore? I think that's Polish Shore." Is, like, is that the weasel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like He's got a podcast now. I Who listened does? to one of them. Was it any good? Did you listen to the Marin one? It was brutal. It was brutal. Marin had to carry him the entire 90 minutes. Well, Marin had the top-ranked podcast episode of the last 10 years. Which was what? Do tell. The, uh, so Slate ranked the top 10, top 10, pod, top 15, top 15 podcasts of the last 10 years. Where did we come and in? What is Slate? Eat? We came in. No, it's it's it, they they market uh, Slate. You've never read Slate.com. Are you a serious person right now? I know. Oh, oh, Slate. Yes. Yeah. Slate dot com. Yes. That's right. Slater. Slate and Salon and those not, those not, Okay. Not not Christian Slater dot com. AC Slater. <laughs> not AC. Not AC Slater from Saved by the Bell dot com. That I'm guy can play every computer. instrument, by the way. AC Slater. Yep. Or Mario Lopez. 
No, A.C. Slater. You oh. watch Saved by the Bell, and he's like playing drums, and he's playing piano, and then like guitar. He play everything. Did it all. That's why I would believe that you would be a member of his website. That's right. Slater.com. Slater.com. A.C. Lopez, he's a go-getter. A.C. Dot Slater backslash. Does he have a can-do attitude also? He does. Mario Lopez is not leaving show business until he gets thrown out. Until then, he's taking all the gigs, wherever they are. I ain't going. So how do you like me now? I'm not going. That's right. It's too bad. You need somebody to, to, you know, stand on the sidewalk during a parade and talk about it? He'll be there. Guess what? I'm not leaving. That's right. Not leaving. You're going to do an America's Funniest Home Videos Kitten Edition? Mario Lopez will be there. You want me out of here? Too effing bad. Lopez. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, about Slate.com. Top 15 podcasts of the last 10 years. Right. And um, he had the number one episode, which was the Louis C.K. two-part episode. Oh, see, now so which, if so I was going to guess, I would have said one. it would be the Mencia one. No, it was the uh no, it was it was the it, it was the Louis C. K. in its entirety. Okay. Which he re released on Monday. You you had to actually be behind they were firewalled, so you actually had to pay for that one. Or you could be like me, who has subscribed to his podcast since like episode three. And I actually have them all in iTunes. All five hundred plus? Yeah, I'm sort of like uh, uh Stalker? It's correct. <laughs> I'm sort of grandfathered in. Because um, it was before he started asking for money for it, and I just simply have them all in the same iTunes. You've never offered him money, have you? That's where that's good. No, I have. No, no, I have. I made a donation very early on. I made like a twenty-five dollar donation very early on. I did because the content is amazing. So ten years of podcast, Cal. We came in in '09, so they consider that like five years in. Okay. Um, oh, Cal, mute your uh, mute your mic there on uh, Facetime there. Oh, right. Yes. Let's I let feel like. Know that also. I feel like. Turn your radio down. Come on. Please, what are you please. Doing? Turn your radio down. Um, it's a, it's a live, a tragic, it's colossal to uh, eat. We were, we, um, we, sh- we're, we should get to the sports quickly, but uh, Peach, how is your holiday season going? Other than watching White Christmas with your 73-year-old wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You are just shooting you know, from the hip tonight, aren't you? Please don't tell Tina you know I said that. Look, nobody knows. Talk, knows. I, am, I am terrified of her. Please Listen don't tell her that. She knows this. She, Cal, she well knows I am terrified of her. She probably yes, has White Christmas turned down and is listening to this podcast. Right. And there is gonna, no chance ever that she is <laughs> listening to this podcast. Uh, White Christmas is, is, is awesome, by the way, because it's one of those movies That's where what? they're going to fix everything by putting on a show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that used to work. I know. Oh, hey, how are we going to save the farm? Call the boys in New York. We're going to put on a show. <laughs> and then, you know, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye show up. I mean, what are you going to do? There's going to be when, a show. When did that work? Was there a period in time where that actually worked in real life? Maybe. I don't know. Mickey Rooney is in about 14 movies <laughs> where that happens. We're going to put on a show. The little rascals do it. This orphanage is going to close. Well, 
Not if we put on this show. Well, then there's only one thing we can do. There's only one thing to do. <laughs> What's that? Bake sale? No, no. No, no. no. We're going to Long go ahead. Dance. Put on a show. People will come. Get your tap shoes, Timmy. We're putting on a show. <laughs> Ah, oh, I long for a time when this worked. <laughs> this is all you had to do to save the day. Right. It made it's us the, all grow up with this disillusionment that if we all did something, someone would come out and see it. Right. And then we all went out there and did something. We're like, how many people we got tonight? 16. What? 16. 16. A solid, a solid 16 have come out to see the show. But we're, 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 saving, we're saving the theater. <laughs> <laughs> No, no one no. cares about the theater. Why would they no. come to theater to to save the theater if they never cared about the theater? <laughs> and it's that kind of circular logic that led to the fervent years. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I don't right. know if he actually sings that in this one. Yeah, is that in the movie? It in, it's he, in another movie. Of course, he sings it in the movie. Are you drunk? Is that what was that? But he like, did. White Christmas in White Christmas. What is wrong with you? Is that like well, White Christmas wait? was made after the song White Christmas was out, and he sang White Christmas in another wintry themed movie. You think that's gonna stop Bing Crosby from doing it again? Maybe of he did it again. I don't know. White Christmas in White Christmas. That's the reason they have White Christmas the movie. All right. Have you never seen White Christmas now? No, I've never seen it. I don't know if it's going to work. When they put on the show, I hope they're going to save the uh, the farm or the resort or the guy or the lady with the thing with the pig. Spoiler. The That's Dirty Dancing. <laughs> That's Dirty Dancing you're thinking of. Sorry. They put they on the show with Dirty the Dancing. Time. Spoiler alert. That Bing was a show. Bing. That's when the show was a show. White Christmas in White Christmas. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I don't know if, you know, I don't want to, it's only been 57 years, 50, probably like 70 years. What, what year is that movie, would you guess? White Christmas? Yes. 55, 53, somewhere in there? I'd say like 47, 48. No, no. come on. What's, okay, sorry, wow. 47, 48. God, idiot. <laughs> What's that, Casa, Casablanca? <laughs> White Christmas, 54. 54. It's not a... No, I'm not... I don't know. I said 55, 53. Come on. Cal, you were going to ask something before about the song White Christmas being in the movie White Christmas. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. It's not the song, but is it the same concept where every movie, you wait all movie to hear one of the characters say the title of the movie? I don't know about that guy, but he's above the law. <laughs> Even Seagal and above the law. So in every movie, you're waiting for the for them to say the title of the movie. <laughs> I think in I think in some cases though it's like accidental, like in Beverly Hills Cop. Like there's a comma there. Like Maybe. you could do that back in Beverly Hills Cop. What are we gonna do with all this money? Well, it's Brewster's millions. <laughs> he's free to spend it however he wants. <laughs> And then that's the movie. Saw that in the theater. Brewster's Millions sure did. The theater that was saved by White Christmas. That's correct. Same theater. <laughs> we did a show right before that, and that's why we were able to have the movie. <laughs> because we. Well, hold on. 
I sang Brewster's Millions. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it saved the theater. Brewster's Millions. He's got a lot of money to spend. He's got to do it in 30 days. Don't question him. You got three women dancing in dresses made of money, right? John Candy's his catcher. Jerry Orbach's his manager. Boosters million. Jerry Orbach played a curmudgeonly manager. Sure did. He also played the curmudgeonly father at the resort in Dirty Dancing. Full circle. It's all over the place. <laughs> did you know that this, the the movie Holiday Inn, which was the movie where Bing Crosby first sang White Christmas... Yes. All the sets of that movie were reused for White Christmas eight years later. This is what I'm saying to you. Or they just painted white? I guess they just kind of remade the movie over again in color or something. Yes, correct. Wait, Holiday Inn is the same movie as White Christmas? Is that what you Holiday Inn is 1942, and White Christmas is what? We we don't know. Cal said 54 so definitively. Twelve years, no. so it's twelve years later. Can we look it up, please? <laughs> you lying can, about that, Cal? Can somebody please go to IMDb and look up this movie, please? Someone. I, I don't know if lying is accurate. I think I'm just suggesting. <laughs> Brewsters millions. <laughs> Stephen Collins is in it too. No, he's not. He's yes. in Brewster's Millions? Yes, he is. Yes. You're right. He plays the uh, the, plays the, the boyfriend. Designer. Yeah. The designer's boyfriend. Never saw that woman again. White Christmas is a 1954 American <laughs> musical romantic comedy right. film. Take it easy. Oh. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed? Like that. You are an old soul, my friend. And you're right. He sings White Christmas in both movies. I know. <laughs> Did you think I am finding this so hard to believe? Did you Obviously, think I... this is not sinking in with me. I can't believe they would do this. That's ridiculous. Did you think that I was kidding that he sings White Christmas in White Christmas? I mean, did you... uh, of course he does. Why, I... of course? Because like, why would it be good if they made Return to Oz and they sang all the same songs from Wizard of Oz again? Maybe that would have been a good idea. It would be terrible return to Oz. Well, they did in The Wiz, right? No, The Wiz are are variations on the songs from The Wizard of Oz. They're not the same songs? Not the same songs. No, it's Wizard of Oz meets Soul Train. It's wonderful. It's I know it, it was it was very entertaining. Like instead of uh we're off to see the wizard, they do ease on down the road. Right? We're going right. to ease on down, ease on down the road. And they, they, you know, it's not if I only had a brain. It's like I'm Nipsey Hussle. Wait, he wasn't this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Michael Jackson was the scarecrow, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Nipsey Russell's the Tin Man. I don't know who plays the lion. James Earl Jones, I think. No, shut the front door. Is it really? I don't know. I'm, I'm see if I'm two for two. Hold on. <laughs> We're just, we're just going to spend the whole show on IMDb. That's correct. No, we're talking, we're, talking about sports. we're talking about sports in one minute. I don't think so. Sure. We're nothing to talk about sports. This is much more fun than talking about... Sports is not fun right now. Why do you feel that way? Do we need to get into it? 
I'd like to. Dayton, Ohio native, Ted Ross. Oh, Ted Ross, boy. You had Michael Jackson pre-nose job, so he looks like Diana Ross. Or before he looks like Diana Ross. Right. You had Nip Nip Zerazel. The last of the peanut brittle. Let's make a path for Coach McGrath. God, I love Nipsey Russell. You how sure about, do. How about Wildcats? How about that? Have, no, I, 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 have you ever seen Wildcats, Cal? Yes. Okay, I didn't mean to insult you. That's with Goldie okay. Horn. That's with Goldie Horn. All right, okay. At the height of her powers. All right. Uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, Woody Harrelson. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in that movie. Sure. Dennis Quaid. Which movie is this? De- Dennis Quaid. No. Incorrect. <laughs> Stacy Keach's second stringer. Who gets way more work than Stacy Keach. He plays the opposing coach. That guy's in everything. Stacy Keach? No, not Stacy Keach. Saying he looked like Stacy Keach. Oh, the guy that looks like Stacy Keach. Yeah. Yes. I know who you're talking about. He's the prosecuting attorney in My Cousin Vinny. Right. No, he's the sheriff in My Cousin Vinny. He's that, that guy with the mustache. He's been in a lot of things. The mustache, yes. With the mustache. Yes, that's correct. That's how he says it. I don't think so. There's a guy named well, James Keach in Wildcats. That's him. Seriously? Maybe it's Stacy Keach's brother. Come on. Who does James Keach play? Uh, Char- character name, please. Michael. Frank Needham. I think that's him. What, uh, uh, can you look him up? Let's see what else he's been in. Can you punch that up for us? Punch it up. Ready to IMDB with Cal, Sam, Pete, and PJ. Mabel King. This episode brought to you by Yes, Mabel King plays um, the, either the good witch or the bad witch. Well, that's a good, good guess. She plays either the wicked witch of the West or... But it's like the Wicked Witch of like West 57th Street. <laughs> yeah, no, that's her. She's the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. Roger. Roger. He's on down the road. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> We're going to ease on down. Who plays the Good Witch? Uh, Thelma Carpenter. Fantastic. Brilliant. You're, you're thinking of Thelma Hopkins. I am thinking of Thelma Hopkins completely. It's not her. Ooh, Mary. Is Jack A? That's Jack A. <laughs> Ooh, Mary. Okay. He's, he is the younger brother of Stacy Keach. What else, Keach. What else has he been in? Is he in My Cousin Vinny? Uh, been on Jack. The Rookies. SWAT. I mean, we're going to go back to 1971 with this guy. Can you just look at a long head? list? Starsky and Hutch. I, I told you. Scrolling up as fast as I can. Dantana. Gruner and Loud. Vegas. McMillan and Wife. Hardcastle McCormick. The Razor's Edge. Simon and Simon. Heart to Heart. He was on Dr. Quinn. Remington Steel. He was in Walk the Line. I Walk the Line. What's he in, my cousin Vinny? No. <laughs> For the love of all things holy. Was he in my... Soap. He's telling <laughs> me so much. Kate and Allie. 
Did anybody watch Kate and Allie? I used to watch that. So did I. Fun show. That was uh, Jane Curtin and Allie McGraw, right? No. Oh, I had a crush uh, on the brunette. She's in St. James. St. James. Married to? Bruce Boxleitner. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so good about that one. Uh, Dick Ebersol. Right. Dick Ebersol, president of? NBC. NBC what? Sports. And here we are, ready to unload with Talent Champion, talking Run it around. The dream has come true. You would have done? 36 minutes into the program. Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was Dick Ebersol. He also took over Saturday Night Live when uh, Lauren left, right? Those were the, yeah, the five years that the Ebersol- Michaels was not there, yeah. Which are the Eddie Murphy years, right? Uh, Ebersol years were like in the mid-80s, I think, yeah. Yeah, Ebersol, uh, Murphy Piscopo. Right. And then that weird one in 84. Well, the... Was With he, Rich Hall and... Uh, no, is he... The, he's not the all-star year, though, is he? Yeah. No. Every, yeah. The, the Billy what? Crystal, Chris Gast... Yeah. That was, he's the all-star season? I think that's an Ebersol year, yeah. I think it is, too. I think Lauren comes back in 85 with the Robert Downey Jr., Anthony Michael Hall disaster. That's the yeah. weird one, right. That's Lauren's first year back, I feel like, right? Right, and then in, after 85, he wipes it out and brings in Hartman. Dana Carvey, Hartman, Lovitz, all those guys. Lovitz was the only carryover, I feel like, from that, that weird from Anthony Michael Quaid Hall. Season. Yeah. yeah, the Randy Quaid season. Right. Because Lovitz was still there. With uh, well, Charles Rocket wasn't that year, was he? No, Terry Sweeney. No, he was much earlier. Pamela uh, Stevenson. Pamela. St- they, Pamela they often Stevenson. refer to that Terry as Stevenson. the Quaid event. If you want to just do the shorthand for it, <laughs> just call it the Quaid event. Everybody knows. They go, oh yeah, that was that weird. Like, that sounds like something in physics. <laughs> See, what you have what you have happen in the solar system is a Quaid event. <laughs> oh right, yes. Oh, so, of course. Of course. Is that is there a supernova involved there? Um, okay, little Pete, we're going to talk about sports for a couple of minutes because we do have a couple of things we have to talk about. But then we're going to oh, come back. You said with... you couldn't, for God's sake. I, was, I wasn't stopping you. Who stopped me? I wouldn't put it past you. Why would? But why would? You, PJ, what, what do you take on that expression? I wouldn't put it past you. That's a great expression. I use it all the time. Why, but why would you put something past someone? When would that be appropriate? When would it be? (laughs) I'm not even getting into it. Why not? Wow, he left. It was a sincere question. There's that 20 foot cord again. 20 feet. What happened? Six inches. And here he is. What? We're talking about the cord, the 20-foot cord. I told you, I can't use the cord anymore. can't use the cord because you, you were coming through very low. Right, but uh, to the other six people listening, I sound very good. That's correct. Very loud. I just had to get the phone charger there so I could still look at uh, your beautiful punum. Great. PJ just hung up on me. That's it? <laughs> I don't know if you heard. <laughs> he just walked out. He's not. He will not address the. Uh, wouldn't put it past you. I'm not even dealing with this, and he just walked, stormed off. Uh, great. 
Well, maybe he'll be back for the fun load, hopefully. I hope so. I'll apologize if it would help. All apologies. Professional scapegoat, once again. My fault. It's all my fault. I apologize. <laughs> you got to stop apologizing, man. You, uh, you, you know, you're you're a title credit in the show. You're yeah. very important. I know. I know everything's gone wrong tonight, and and I accept full responsibility for that. Speaking of, that's big of you. Speaking of professional scapegoats, <laughs> John Itzik. Well, I, here's how. Here's what I want to talk about tonight, Cal, because it's been a crazy week in sports without anything, especially here in New York, without anything really going on. There's a lot going on, though. But but I'm saying in terms of like what's actually happening with the teams on the field. So like the Jets have been eliminated long ago, right? The Giants are eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, the the Mets did nothing at the winter meetings. The Yankees lost like three players and signed Chase Headley to a ridiculous deal. Like there's nothing, you know. The Knicks are awful, awful, like beyond awful. And the Islanders and their, the Rangers are getting hot. They're playing good hockey. The Islanders are three and three in their last six after their, but hopefully they're over their little hump uh, of bad play and with injuries and stuff. We'll talk about the Islanders in a bit. But nothing's happening. You know, it's not like it's the playoffs in hockey or whatever. And yet I feel like this week was nuts. Mm-hmm. I feel like this week was nuts between uh, the Heisman Trophy and Marietta and, and the Jets winning a game and people getting pissed off that the Jets won a game. And, uh, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers, you know, losing again. And it looks like Harbaugh is out there. Like what looked like a pipe dream 10 weeks ago is, is a distinct possibility. The fire it's a crew is, is all up, you know, uh, riling people up, doing the, the penalty flags at the Jets-Patriots game this weekend. You have Met players and coaches and managers talking unbelievably about the playoffs as if it's a, some sort of foregone conclusion. And you have the Giants who, three weeks ago, we were trying to figure out how they were going to orchestrate, orchestrate, not org, there's no G, orchestrate Tom Coughlin's, you know, distinguished sort of uh, uh, final farewell. And in his way... Soft landing? Yeah, his, his, uh, his, thank you. Well done. Take credit for that, if you're going to take credit for the, for the other problems. Um... And now we're talking about, will they give him an extension? He's obviously got another year, all because of the greatest receiver that ever played the game in the history of mankind. Um, and how the, the narrative has just changed so radically all over the place. So I want to start with, I, I actually kind of want to start with the Mets, because I feel like they got short shrift last week a little bit. Thank you. And, uh, and well, it just we had so much to talk about the Jets and everything. We talked a lot about last week just them going into the season with what they had and like the only place they really, you know, the eight of nine or uh, seven of eight lineup spots being a question mark still on this team. Um, nothing has changed. They went through the winter meetings and didn't do anything. Well, that's not true. They still it is. They still have. Only at uh, Michael Kadar. It is what they do. He added John Mayberry. Okay, so anyway, we can't say you, it's not. It's not fair to say they did nothing. They is added it? a right-handed bat for the bench. Yes. Okay. You're right. Go on. Just want to make sure we're accurate here. When we I, I um. 
you've been so down on Sandy Alderson. I'm so down on Terry Collins. Why do these players do 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 they know something we don't? I mean, that's what I'm starting to feel like. Do they know some? This is a 79 win team, a 77 win team, a 77 win team, a 74 win team. Do they do they know something we don't, or are they just being asked the question in a specific way? What do you mean? How do you think they're being asked the question? I no, I'm I'm asking is that the case? Because to a man, they're all coming out and saying we should be in the playoffs and playing October baseball, and I can't wait, and we we expect to make the playoffs, and we should be a playoff team, and right? Did I did I miss an addition to the team? Michael Kadire. Right, I got him. Uh, John Mayberry. Sure. And Matt Harvey's coming back. Right. That seems to be what it is. That's it. I think they feel like Matt Harvey's coming back, David Wright will automatically be better, and Curtis Granderson will automatically be better. I think that's what everybody's counting on. These are givens, you're saying. That's that, yes. That's, that's how they're operating. Great. So. so then, good job, everybody. No need to make moves anywhere else, right? I told you I don't know if I'd even be able to discuss this on the show. That's how angry I am. Well, if you're that angry, we need to discuss it on the show. You're you're pushing you're poking the bear. I am a little bit. I love the bear. As it were. It's out of love. I love the bear. I I just I don't and I'm being completely honest with you, Brian. Like I'm not sure I need you to explain to me. I don't need anything. I'd like for you to explain to me how the level of anger has risen to this point. And how and, and if there is any any sort of optimism or good feeling there with the Mets in terms of none. You don't even have to go on. (laughs) Let me stop you right there. No, the answer is no. Okay. I I mean, I can can try to explain it rationally. I'll probably fail miserably at it because I'm, I'm so... It's so... I'm, I can't even get, I can't can't even get it out. It. Can't even get it out. Well, because because it's irrational. I know it's irrational, and I have the ability to see it in a perspective that it's a baseball team, and it, but yet it's making me so angry, and like there are so many other things going on in the world that I should be saving this emotion for. Yeah, but that's I I don't know if you can do that. I don't know. If I can't. Can. I, no, and that and. And I think I get wrapped up in the fact that they're making me so angry, and I know I shouldn't be so angry about it, and then it makes me angry with myself that I'm getting so angry about it, and I just turn into a, a complete blubbering idiot right. about it. But really what it boils down to is, is how cavalier the general manager is with – I mean, I, I, I sent you six names – in a row the other day, that all of these names he was asked about, we're not in on them. No, we're good. No conversations. I doubt it. I think we're all right. <laughs> like, 
six of them. Yeah. She's, so he's carrying on like he's got a team that was Michael Kadire away from the playoffs. Right. And is very open about it and doesn't care what you think as a fan. Right. This is how we're going to operate. Okay. And it's arrogant and it's insulting. Because this team was not Michael Kadire away from the playoffs. Right. They were a lot more than that away from the playoffs. They're a little bit better than last year. I'll give you that. I would expect them to finish over 500 this year. Okay. I would ex- I'm not going to be happy if they finish 82 and 80 because I expect it. Okay. But they are talking about this team like... It was a minor tweak here or there, and then that was it. We're ready to roll. Yeah. Well, that's the way they've sort of treated this offseason. I do I do have a question for you, though. And I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. And that is, do is there a way you could find yourself liking this team? You and I talk all the time about, like, how nice it is to like a team. You know, to root for them every day. Like, we were having so much fun with the Mets a couple years ago, and they were they were winning and playing hard. And and um, and it's not, about, it's not even necessarily about winning. It's about the players on the team and wanting to watch them like this Islander team. We're going through the ups and downs. They're a good team, but they're, they're likable. They're fun to watch, but yet they're frustrating, but we like them. And will it be possible for you to like this team? Yes, probably. It would be, right? Like, as it's currently constituted, it would be. Yeah, I can't conceive of that right now because we're so far away from it. Okay. December 17th. We're not going to see baseball for four months. It's 100 days. Yeah, well... I mean, till opening day, it's 100 days. So it's a, that's, that's a long time. That's a, right. hundred, that's a lot of days before I'm going to see them out on the field playing. Right. Right? So it's, it's just not, it's not in my realm right now. But if they get off to a good start and they pitch well and they win some games and they play hard, I could I yes, I could absolutely see myself liking this team. I will never ever like the manager. I will never ever like the general manager. And every time that I see one of them, it will taint any good feeling I have towards the team. We uh I was watching that Joe Madden interview with Oberman yesterday on Oberman's show and yeah, I don't know how much exposure I've had to Joe Madden in that capacity. You know, you see a quote here or there, a post-game conference or, uh, you know, press conference or something like that. Um, and I've always liked what I've seen. And then he's known Overman for years. You know, they they have a, a very easy um, uh, relationship. They've known each other for a long time. They have a great rapport. And he was like coming – he wasn't even like – he was uh, coming live from Hazleton in Pennsylvania from his hometown where – he started an outreach program because the community had become um, uh, multicultural without um, the barriers, you know, sort of being put up. Like it had become fifty percent, fifty percent Hispanic, and the Hispanic community and the white community were not getting along. So he started an organization for them to, you know, to for a cultural center and just like amazing work. And he was like from the library at like his house. And the guy's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And he would have been – I got so pissed off. 
And they're they're going to win a lot of games. That team's going to win a lot of games. The Cubs are going to be better than the Mets this year, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. And I can't help but feel like if they had, you know, if the Mets had been in on Joe Madden, I would feel so much better about the team. So much better. Just even the the idea that they're going to be utilized in the correct fashion or that he's going to you know know how to use the bullpen, he's not going to play favorites with veterans, like all the crap that Collins does. You know, Madden is an inventive manager who gets the most out of his talent and the most out of his payroll. And I feel like you – I just got so pissed, Cal. So pissed. Yeah, but see that – see now – And I, he would have I, been so brilliant in New York. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness! I feel like that's not something to get pissed about because it wasn't even a possibility. No, I, I know that. Well, that pisses me off even more. Like, why is that not a possibility? Why are you not making an inquiry for the best manager in baseball when he becomes available when you don't expect him to? Why are you not making that inquiry? Not even an inquiry. That pisses that pisses me off even more. That I understand. Yet I could see liking this team. It's always, but it's never going to be... This is not going to be a team that has... that has, like. Yeah, we're going to like them, but they're not going to win. This they're is, not, this they're not going to win. Are they an 80 team right now on paper? Are they what? Are they an 82 and 80 team? Yeah, that's about what they are. On paper, 82, you think 82, 83 wins. Okay, I would think they're not going to win. They're not going to win. I'm saying it right now on December 16th. You could, play, you could play this back next year if they're a game out of the playoffs with a week to go, and and I'll look like an idiot. But they're not going to win happily. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, you'd happily you'd happily be an idiot at that point if they're a game out of the playoffs with a week to go in the season. None of this precludes you. Contrary, happen, though. But contrary to what certain sports talk hosts in this town will say, none of this precludes you from rooting for the team. Of course I'm going to root for the team. If they start to win and things break well and they're having a good season, I, I'm not going to be like, oh, I didn't like them in December. Or I was pissed off in December. I, I'm going to root for the team. I'm a Mets fan. I'm going to root for the team. I've never been closer to not being a Mets fan. Than you are right now? Than I am right now. But that being said... Would you just give up baseball? No. I, I can't. I can't just give up baseball. And I can't just give up the Mets either. And it's not, that's never going to happen. But Can't quit them. But I'm that far... But I'm, I'm so far away from being... It's hard to explain, but... I'll never go. I'll never go away. Obviously, but I'm as but I'm as far away right now as as I could possibly be. Okay. I can't. I can't get any farther away without just walking away completely. Put it that way. This is it. Yeah, and I won't. And I won't walk away completely. Well, but you're on a you're on a tight tether right now. There's no slack in the line. It's it's just it's just. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. So, so every piece of news that comes out about this team, and every single time someone associated with this team speaks to someone in the media, it is absolutely 
galling to me. Yeah, they just they they boy they they are they're they're delusional. They're delusional. That's what it is. They're all delusional. Could be every single one of them. And maybe they're delusional because they've sucked for so long, and they've all had it in their head that this was the year that they're going to win. Like it's just it's just it's just written in a plan. Right. Someone wrote a wrote a business plan, and at the end, the, the 2005 <laughs> plan is now when we're going to succeed. So they've all believed it, like a self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Maybe now they believe that without without having any concept of reality that the team is still not good. Maybe that's what it is, because there's no there is no other reason that a that a major league baseball team in this shape on December 16th can say, yeah, we're good. We we got what we we got what we got. <laughs> maybe we'll add. Maybe we'll bring some guys in to to look at in the spring. But otherwise, that's it. And then t- and and talk about the playoffs in the same breath. Right. Like consistent talk about making the playoffs in the same breath. After 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 shooting off your mouth that we're gonna we have the money to make the moves and if we find something that makes sense we're gonna do it we're gonna try to improve the team and then when it comes time to improve the team you sit on your hands. And you say, ah, oh, this is not really going to improve the team. And we don't really need to do much. Yeah, it's pretty it is it's it's pretty mind blowing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just holding on to that. I you know it's fine. It's fine. Look, I don't, I don't I don't begrudge anybody for their optimism. If you want to be optimistic, I'm not be, I I don't even well, know if I'm, I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about yeah. every, anybody in general. Right. You want to be optimistic and you and you love the team so much and you're dying for a winner. Go ahead. Be be a, dream away. You know what? Go ahead. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to do that because I'm sick to my stomach from them. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily optimistic as much as I am just hoping in a way that they become a team that I can like a lot. Like, like watch playing. Like, I like Wilmer Flores. I like Travis Darno. I like, um, you know, Ligaris. I obviously, you know, like David Wright, I always have. You know, I'm I like them too. They're just not good enough. Right. They're not good enough. They're not good enough baseball players to win the amount of games they need to to be successful. I don't know if you know that about I don't know if you can say that about a you know, guy like Darno or Flores or I I don't think we know what they are yet necessarily. Okay. I I mean I I, I don't. I don't think there's a big enough No, it's fair. sample size for those. I I would just specifically say Flores Lagares and uh, and Darno, you know that 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 I I still think the the story is to be written on what they are. Maybe you know if they are cogs and pieces to a to a winning team. Um, and I I don't include Duda in that category because I think you know what Duda is. I think you just hope you get something close to it again. You know what? For the last eight years, all I've done is hoped. Yeah, no, there's, there's. So I'm, I, I'm I, done. I'm done hoping. I know. I don't care anymore. Do you know whatever you want to do? Fine. And when you win, I'll watch and I'll root for you. And if you lose, then you deserve everything you get. Right. Yeah. So, I'm, that's it. Well, uh, takes all the takes all the joy out of it for me, and, and it's a shame. It's a real shame, because I, 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 I can I lived and died with this team for like 35 years. Yeah, you always have lived and died like. Ridiculous, from when I was a kid to it being inappropriate as an adult. How I felt about this team, <laughs> lived and died with them. 
and 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 they they the ownership and the management of the team has completely turned me off to them. Where I don't I could give a crap about anything that they do right now. Wow. So what if they traded for Troy Tulowitzki tomorrow? I don't I don't want them to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy with that. You wouldn't be happy with a trade for Troy Tulowitzki tomorrow. No, no, because I think he, he he'll he'll come in and he'll break down. He'll be hurt, sixty games a year. So you have a same old Mets feel there. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Right, that's that's rough. It is, and and I I I have to be a little bit better about trying to bring people down with me, because it, I I really don't begrudge anybody for how they feel about it. It's and it's not a long fall for me, but I I um. I think I'm going to be angrier when the season start, like when the when like spring training starts and Terry Collins is out there, like, hey, right. we got to you know we got to do it today and you know pick it up and uh, it, I mean just I can't stand him, Cal. He's yeah, my, well that's well that's problem. that's and that's going to be the real problem in when the season starts is you're going to have to see him every day, every day, and hear from him every day and and every hear day. the same old. Tired old school baseball yeah. cliches from a guy that the game passed by ten years ago. Yeah, you know. So. I uh, I want to let's let's parlay that coaching wise and manager wise into Giants and Jets. Sure. How insane is this? How much has this changed? That I th- I don't think there's any question. Coughlin's coming back now. I mean, no. unless, unless they go into him and say, "Look, do you still want to coach, or do you want to just, you know, are you are you done?" Which, of course, he's going to say, "I still want to coach." So they went from like three weeks ago to trying to figure out how to move past Coughlin to wins against two pretty bad teams. To, you know, do we extend him or do we let him play out his contract next year or just give him one more year on top of the contract? Like, how do we do this? And I you know I made light of Odell Beckham Jr. before and being the greatest receiver of all time. He's he's incredible. I mean, he's very he's he's incredibly good. Yeah, he is. He and and you could make the argument that he might be single-handedly saving Coughlin's job. I I would absolutely make that argument. I mean, it it seems a little simplistic to boil it down to that, but it's, he's been so good the last three weeks. Yeah. That if he's not if he's not out there, do they win these three games? No. Maybe not. No. Nope. And if they lose these three games, Coughlin's gone. Yeah. He really is. He's really, uh, you know, you heard the Harry Carson said, did you hear Harry Carson said, you know, he's uh, he's had the same, he can have the same impact. He has had the same impact as LT did his his rookie year. That other players see him, the players on offense see him and say, holy cow, this guy's like has the potential to be the greatest in the game. So I need to raise my game. And you know, he wasn't comparing him to Lawrence Taylor as a player uh, at the position. He was just saying, on a down year, a team that's been down for two years, about to not make the playoffs, the, the other players look at this guy and go like, oh, we're going to be awesome next year right. because he's so good. You know, and and you know he comes from his parents. You know, his father was a professional athlete. His mother was like an Olympian. He's you know he went to Eli Manning's high school. He's unbelievably driven. I mean, the sky is the limit for this guy. Yeah. In terms of talent, I mean, he, he, you're hearing people say things like he could 
be the best receiver in the league now. Like now. He could be the most complete receiver in the league right now. He's he's really good. Yeah, he is. You know? I I think that Coughlin sticks around. I think that they want McAdoo to succeed him and and I boy, I don't know. I guess you beef up the offensive line if you're the Giants and you try to you know, you fire Perry Fuel and you get a new defensive coordinator. I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. That's the we move, talked about right. it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That's probably the move. But a couple weeks ago I thought Coughlin was gone, Cal. Yeah, but we also said that you know the alternative is maybe they just get rid of the the defensive coordinator. So the, give you know what for whatever reason they've decided to to, to turn it back on for the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's poor opponents. Well, they. You know, lost, I think that has a that, that loss to Jacksonville is as bad a loss as you're going to have in the yeah, end. I know, I know. And then know, they, but, then they beat the Redskins and they beat Tennessee. Tennessee. So those are, those are just two two of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, these are two so, terrible teams. And, and they, they were very they fortunate. Barely beat the Redskins. They were fortunate to get those teams on the schedule at the time that they did. Well, let Coughlin keep his job again. He's gonna. You know, I, they're gonna let him walk in the, now on the other side of town. Well, it's not really the other side of town. No, it's the other side of the stadium. It's the yeah, it's the actual. Same do you do you so now where this is like Rex Watch? Where are you on Rex? Are you convinced? Rex Watch Week Fifteen. Are you convinced he's gone? No, I'm not. I'm not. He probably is, but I'm not convinced that he's gone. You could see a scenario where they could keep him. I can. I can't see a scenario where they keep him over Idzik. But I could see a scenario Boy. where they keep them both. Where they keep them both, but more likely, I see the scenario that they keep Idzik and get rid of Rex. I I think that article, you know, about it being fifty fifty with Idzik is really interesting to me. I thought of something, Cal. Two things I wanted to bring up about the Jets. One was. I started to think that there might be some backlash against the Fire Itzik guys. Like they've gone too far with the billboards and the flag day at the stadium where they're handing out the penalty flags. And they, backlash from, from where? And they fly another banner where um, basically Woody Johnson doesn't fire him when he was going to because he doesn't want to give in to them because they went too far. Like, it's too much. You know what I mean? And he doesn't want to be seen as, you know, let's say he's 50-50 on his return, right? And he doesn't want to be seen as giving in to the whim of fans by firing him. Like, like is there, I was wondering if there's a backlash moment here. I don't, I don't know. But the problem is, again, what we've been saying for a couple of weeks now, He's such a wild card, Woody Johnson, that you just don't yeah, know. He's done, him. he's done everything. Right? Maybe he, you know, maybe he does listen to the fans and he, he's afraid of public perception, so he makes a change. Or maybe he's defiant enough that he doesn't, he's not going to cave to public perception. Right. Or maybe he really does like Idzik, or maybe he really doesn't like Idzik, and you just don't, you don't know. Well, Christian, it was Christian Dyer um, for, um, 
who does he write for? He writes for Metro, right? And Christian Dyer seems to get all the the genuine scoops. Like he seems to get either him or obviously Eric Allen works for the team, but Christian Dyer seems to keep him in himself in the best sort of light with the team and gets a lot of scoops. You know his sources seem to be the best, and he wrote the uh, that John Itzik is fifty fifty to return to the team. Speaking on the condition of anonymity, a highly placed official. A uh, team source told Metro New York on Tuesday that general manager is 50-50 return. Um, billboards, banners, blah, blah, blah. Here's the quote. Nobody knows – no one knows what Woody is thinking right now, but he isn't happy with the direction at all or vision, the source told Metro. What I will say is that it's 50-50 if John returns right now. Don't think for a moment that Woody doesn't hear the fans. It's tough on him. He's taking it personally. No one is working harder than this guy. It hasn't been easy selling tickets or PSLs with this record. The Jets can't lose more fans right now, and if keeping John means losing more fans, then it will be a really tough choice. When he knows that, he gets that the fans are very upset. So to me, what this said is, he's going to be kept. But Woody's putting it out there that, like, I hear you guys. I'm thinking about it. Trust me. I'm taking you what you guys are saying to heart. But he's going to keep them. Yeah, maybe. That's kind of what that said to me. He gets blamed for the draft, but no one gives him credit for trading for Chris Ivory, the trade for Percy Harvin, and some of his other moves. Every team has a couple of signings that are banned. Blame John for this season. Sure, go ahead. But then give him credit for last year, too. Where the Jets were 8-8 eight and eight and were supposed to go 2-14. and 14. Uh, it's 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 a it's a very bizarre situation. Here's what I feel like, Cal. Yeah. I can't. I now cannot wait for Black Monday. I can't wait. Yeah, I agree with that. I I, I felt I, that way for weeks though. I started looking at other GM candidates. Have you have you perused any at all? Not really, because a lot of them are the same names that came up two years, two years ago. ago. The one name, of course, McCullough, that everybody talks about, who was, uh, you know, the general manager of the uh, the 49ers, and then he was the special counsel to, uh, you know, like or the director of player personnel for Schneider in Seattle, and then he sort of retired and became just a scout because he has an alcohol problem or had an alcohol problem. But he's he's the guy behind the drafts of like Patrick Willis and all those 49er teams that went on to be very good, and then he drafted all the guys in Seattle. Yeah. Um. His name has come up a lot. I would. I read a great SI piece on him. I'll send it to you. It was really good. Um, it fascinating. He, he's like 45 years old. He would be an absolutely fascinating choice. Could I could see? Eh, I don't think he wants to do it. If you read this article, you probably wouldn't either, Cal. But he's worked with Itzik before, with Seattle, and I could see Itzik reaching out to him and making him director of player personnel or asking him to be director of player personnel and saying, you get to take over the whole boat. It's like one of the problems this guy had when he was GM was everything was reliant on him. You know, coaches' jobs, players' jobs, like it was almost too much responsibility. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, he would struggle so mightily when the coach wasn't doing well, like when he had to fire Mike Nolan or whatever that he may be better off in a director of player personnel position where he can just choose the talent and build the team himself. 
So I could, I mean, my dream scenario, not dream scenario, but my a scenario I would love is Itzik stays. He's, you know, and he basically becomes the cap guy to McCullough's director of player personnel. And they work together. Right, and everybody else is out. Yeah. See, that's, but that's the thing. I don't think everybody else is going to be out. I think I think he'll keep Idzik. Everybody in the front office. You do right now. Out. You feel like... You feel like yes. Okay. I think he keeps Idzik and the entire front office, and he wipes out the coaches. That's what I think is going to happen. And when I mean wipe out the coaches, I mean like every one of them. And Gosh. by the way, I was saying his name completely wrong. I'm sorry. It's Scott McLaughlin. <laughs> I thought it was McCullough. It's McLaughlin. Oh, no. I want McCullough. Yeah, no, you can't have McCullough. Ah, Scott okay. McLaughlin. Sorry. Okay. Scott McLaughlin. Uh, apologies. Let me fix that. M-C-C-L-O-G-H-A-N. Yeah. Well, that changes everything. I, Actually, I, I, I'm not saying that right either. It's not McLaughlin. There's no other L. What is it? It's Matthew Scott, McConaughey? Nope, it's Scott McGlowan. McClowan. <laughs> Jamie McLennan? McClowan. That's how you say that. It doesn't matter. It really does matter. I need to get this right. I feel like an idiot. No. Scott McGlowan. Is that it? Are you sure? Scott McClowan. M-C, capital C-O, uh, capital C-L-O-U-G-H-A-N. And G-H, I think, with an Irish name is Han. Clon. Scott McClon. Let's just call him Scotty Mick. Scotty Mac. Scotty Mac. Scotty Mick. I didn't even get that right. Scotty Thick. Who's that? Um. <laughs> anyway. You just butchered this entire scenario. Killed it. Now, well, if they get him, we'll learn how to pronounce his name. Scott, until that, Scott McClown. That's until his name. That, until that happens. Scott, Scott McClowhan, maybe? Mike Shanahan. Maybe they get Mike Shanahan. I think that I think that's what's going to happen. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? You think it's just going to be the coaches? I think yes. I think. So I you think, think Terry Bradway stays in town? Yeah, I do. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> I know. I hate myself for saying it, but I think that I think there's something something strange there. With the with the, it's you know it's the Wong Milbury correlation. I Dolan and Isaiah Thomas correlation. I think he's going to fire at sick. You know that, that you know that there are a very 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 select few people even mention the name Terry Bradway. 98% of Jet fans don't even realize he's still there. Yep. He's like tucked away in a corner somewhere, let alone running the draft. And he's running the draft, but nobody you don't hear his name ever. This is the fired general manager before Mike Tannenbaum took over. He was the general manager right before Mike Tannenbaum, uh, Mike Tannenbaum and was fired very ceremoniously and then brought yep. back. Stayed with the organization, never truly, ta- never truly shown the door. Even after he drafted Doug jo- or he traded for Doug Jolly, a first round pick, Cal. He traded a first-round pick for Doug Jolly, the number 26 pick overall. You know who went three picks later? Heath Miller. Heath Miller. 
You needed a tight end so badly. You traded for Doug Jolly coming off a 27-catch, 364-yard, two-touchdown season. You just had to have Doug Jolly. It's not even like he was like coming off a Pro Bowl year. You traded a first-round pick. <laughs> the number 26 overall pick. You know who was taking two picks after that? Roddy White. Yes, the Roddy White. This is the man who runs the Jets draft now. I mean, you can't. You can't. This is. This says nothing of the two picks he traded to take Dwayne Robertson. Nothing. Two first-round picks he traded to go up to the four and take Dwayne Robertson with a chronic knee condition. I mean, the list of Terry Bradway. I mean, his dossier is just not. It's awful. Oh, by the way, just an FYI, Cal. He got the 16th pick back in the second round as part of the Doug Jolly trade from the Raiders. Do you know who he took? 16th pick. Second round. The second round. Right, so he had two, he wound up with two second round picks, the 16 and the 25. Right. Traded the 26 for Doug Jolly and the Raiders' 16 uh, overall pick in the second round. You know who he took with the 16? Mike... Nugent. Like Nugent. Right. Kicker. That's right. Place kicker. That's from right. Ohio State. Mike Nugent. This is the man running your player personnel, your pro scouting department for the New York Jets. Still. Wow. So hey. I think he. I think he gets fired. I think. Uh, I think Itzik gets fired. I think everybody gets fired, and I think Woody goes after a guy like Scott Pioli. He goes after a name. Oh, you think he's going after Harbaugh? No, I think he's going to go after Pioli and let Pioli hire his coach. Okay. Because I think Pioli is from New York. Worked for the Jets from '97 to 2000. Is Parcells' son-in-law. Then worked for the Patriots for, you know, what, 2001 to 2009. Then he took over Kansas City, had a tough time there, but he did draft nine Pro Bowl players or, you know, had or acquired nine Pro Bowl players. I think he goes after Scott Pioli. So I'm not necessarily saying I'm on board with, but I could see him doing that. You can, by the way, if you go look at Pioli's record and you, like, go to Wikipedia, you could talk yourself into him pretty easily. I could talk myself into him. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not going to hate it if Isaac is back. I'm not going to hate that. You know? How many times have we talked about it? it as long, but as long as he's back, Cal, and he can put his own people in place. I mean, he's got Graves there, right? He wants Graves to be his director of player personnel. He brought him over from Arizona. Right. The, I, that's what I mean. Like, the the... You know, the McClellan move is like the best scenario. It six stays, and he brings in, and he basically becomes John Schneider, and McClellan comes in and does what he did with, with the Seahawks and runs the draft. And what do you make of the fact that the fire John Idzik crew has threatened to turn their attention to Woody Johnson if they don't fire John Idzik? Well, they already did, right? They put it on the billboard. Yeah, but it's going to get worse. 
They're threat- they've threatened to make it worse. Well, what are they going to possibly do? Well, they won't go to the games next year. That's what they're going to do. That's what they should have been doing in the first place. Well, but then the argument, again, they've got an answer for everything, these guys. They're very well thought out here, is they're not going to sacrifice. They've paid for the tickets already. They've, the money is already spent. Well, why are they not going to go? Woody Johnson's already got their money, so they're going to go and then make a statement when they go. I'm, I'm sorry. Who put the gun to their head to buy PSLs? That I can't. I here's my other point that I've been dying to make. Well, they're also being and before you do, they're also being enabled by the media now. So right, but it relates to this. Have you taken a peek at the Chicago Bears? Say it right. What's that? Say it, say it right. The who? The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. Sorry, my my bad. Sorry, I don't know who you're talking about. Have you taken a look at the Chicago Bears? Oh, the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Yeah, I've seen what's going on there. Right. So two years ago, they hired a uh, a new general manager. Right? Very similar, very similar situ- uh, situation to the Jets. Well, Phil Emery comes not, in. Not that similar. They fired a coach that had a 10-win a season. Oh, no, 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 they didn't. He got one year under Phil oh, Emery. You're right. Just like Rex Ryan did. You're, you're right. Only My differences. Bad. Only differences. They went ten and six and fired Lovey. Rex went eight and eight and they kept him. Right. Right. So he comes in in 2012. Lovey gets one year. Okay. Lovey goes ten and six. They fire him anyway. They bring in Mark Tressman. They they draft Alshon Jeffrey. They they uh, which is like his one hit, by the way, in the draft. Yeah. The situation is so similar, Cal, to John Itzik. So it similar. But what are they going to do with Emery this year? No. So Emery so Emery gives Jay Cutler that extension. Right. Gives him sixty million dollars a year. Hires Mark Tressman. So he actually got to hire his own coach, which Itzik has not had the opportunity to do. Right, all the big free agent signings they've have have busted. He's been terrible, terrible. The team is a, a disaster. Jay Cutler, they're a circus act. You know, Jay Cutler's calling out the kicker. Brandon Marshall's just—I mean, unfortunately, there's something I think personality-wise wrong with Brandon Marshall. The coach has no control over the team, none. He's afraid of his players. He's afraid of them. There's no accountability. The coach is awful. Where are the banners, Bri? Where are the billboards? Where are the t-shirts? Where are the billboards? Where are the banners? Where are the penalty flags? Where are they? Where are they? Why is it only Jet fans who do this? And then the Jet, and then the jet fans are getting credit for being passionate. I, I guess Bears fans aren't passionate. Not like Jet. I mean, and this and this crew speaks for all of the real fans. Yes, they've they've made it clear that if you if you don't agree with them, you're not a real fan, right. which is a disgrace. They're the voice of the real fans. Yeah, sure they are. 
Well, I, I'm wondering where this is for the Bears. Because the Bears are a bigger, bigger circus right now than the Jets. Hey, at least the Jets are going to have $42 million in cap room next year. The Bears are going to be paying Jay Cutler $16 million to look disinterested. Yep. Where are the, where are the banners? Where are the banners? Look, I'm looking at, at Emery's drafts. Jay McClellan, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Harden, Evan Rodriguez, Isaiah Fry, Greg McCoy. That's his first year. So Alshon Jeffrey, he basically got. Kyle Long, John Bostic, Kasim Green, Jordan Mills. Where are the players? Kyle uh, Fuller this year. Kyle Wilson. Kyle Wilson, he could have him. Ego Ferguson. Will Sutton, Kadeem Carey. Where are the players? I mean, where are the banners? DearFireJohnEdzik.com I just wanted to say thank you for your effort and taking the time to say what all Jets fans are feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it everywhere. I, look, I'm done, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that's why there's a huge part of me that hopes John Itzik doesn't get fired. Really? Oh, by the way, you know you know what there were the other night, Cal? There were no T-shirts or banners or planes flying around. There were 11,000 empty seats at a, at a Bears game where there's a 52-year waiting list for season tickets. That's how you show your displeasure. And those fans paid for those seats. That's how you show your displeasure. Don't show up. You don't do it by making an ass of yourself. Again, how many times have we said it? Other fans in other cities around the NFL are laughing at us. They're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. Here's, here's, your, here's your, your buddy Christian Dyer writing an entire article about FireJohnAndDick.com. He's not my buddy. All I said was... He seems to get his sources seem to be good. Right. He okay. seems to have he seems to have been gifted some stories in the last year. Maybe. Maybe. Whatever. It's an embarrassment. Yep. But they speak for all of us, so I guess we can't say anything. Yeah. We should uh we should probably get on board, Cal. Yeah, let me uh let me donate to the next billboard. Yep. Good job. All right, Bad. enough of this. I, I, I think he's going to be fired. I don't. I think Woody's going to give in and cave, and I think he's going to be fired and keep Bradway. And it's just, just what's the worst-case scenario? That's what he'll do. The worst-case scenario is that everybody comes back. No, the worst-case scenario is he fires Rex, or he fires Itzik and makes another GM keep Rex. Yes, that, well, who's going to, well, I shouldn't say who's going to take a job under those conditions. Somebody, but somebody did already. Somebody did already. Yep. Ugh. Now I'm upset. Are you excited for penalty flag day? Yeah, I'm all pumped up. We had the prerequisite three Reva stories come out this week from Menashe. And of course. Had them queued up, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Ready to go. The first call he made in free agency was to the Jets. They didn't even take his call. Right. Sure. Oh, man. People, and people love it. 
They eat it, lap eating, it up. Oh my goodness! Like it's a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> right. Let me talk about the Islanders. You ever seen somebody? You ever seen somebody eat an ice cream cone and not smile? Nope. Physically impossible, right? I think it's against the law. I think it's just it's like you, your your body won't allow it. Like nope. Scowl while you're eating an ice cream cone. It doesn't work. <laughs> Try to look all pissed off while you eat an ice cream cone. Can't, Can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Big cone of firejohnidzik dot com. Mmm. Mmm. Just lap it up. Hey, let me. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you have any coaching choices for the for the Jets? Yeah. No. Oh, did you see? Did you see Costello's article about how uh, now that the Jets are guaranteed not to get Mariota, uh, right. Mariota, they should move on. Yeah, they they've blown any chance because he knows. The, let's hear the chalk. Yep. He knows how the first round of the draft's gonna go. It's done. It's written in stone. They have no Maybe. chance. They have no chance of getting him. It's amazing how he has that inside information. <laughs> Yet he's working for the New York Post. Tell you what, give me five numbers and a supplemental, please. <laughs> From one to fifty-four and a supplemental. And a pack of Paul Malls. And a pack of Paul Malls. While you're at it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Why? That was the song. <laughs> oh. What was the song? It was. Um... It was. It was playing in CBS. Yes. Let me set the stage here. I'm in CVS the other night, and this song from the 70s comes on that I inexplicably know all the words to, and I immediately text PJ and Cal to ask them why we have never mentioned this song on the show. It's one of those awesome... Dance go- with me. I want, I want to be your partner. Can't you see? No, that wasn't it. The music oh, is much harder. Night is falling. No, it was. Uh, you think you're gonna make up? <laughs> you think you're gonna break up? And she says she wants to make up. Ooh. Oh, the things, things we, we do, do for, love. for love. Like walking in the rain and the snow, and there's nowhere to go. And of course, Cal immediately knows who it is. That's ten cc. That's a one-hit wonder. That is... You, you never lose that information. I, um... When you feel like a part of you is dying, you're looking for the answer in her eyes. You think you're going to break up. She says she wants to make a... It's a stupid song. Ooh, you make me lazy. You make me lazy? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know what they say. You make me leave. You make... Ooh, you make it love. It's the seventies. Everything was making love. Right. But yeah, that was <laughs> She said she wants to break up. Um, who's your coach? You're buying a pack of Paul Moles. Who's your coach? I don't know. You like Quinn? I do. Quinn Quinn? I do. I I'm just you know what I'm weary of another first time Are you wary or are you weary? I am Women get weary, they don't get woolly. God, I hate it when people screw up the words. Wary? Yes, that's right. No, Go I'm, not, I'm not wary. Wary is I'm afraid, right? Yeah. I'm not afraid. I'm weary. I'm tired. Oh. Of the I first... stand corrected. So I used it correctly. You did. I apologize. I'm weary of the first-time head coach, like the coordinator turned head coach first first job 
I'm tired of that. Let me give you the gem. You ready? Mangini, Herm Edwards. They've all been. Everybody's Al, Al Grow. They've Al Grow. all Pete Carroll before him. They've all Coslett. Coslett. They've all been. Joe Walton. They've all been. Kotite wasn't. Kotite wasn't. Great. That worked out Parcells well. Parcells wasn't. And Parcells. That's it. Every other one is a first-time coach. Yeah. So I'm weary of it. That, that You wouldn't want to be weary of that? You're tired of it. It's like 20 years. You've had enough of it. Good day, sir. Here's what here's here's how I uh here's how I go. You ready? Clear out everybody, you hire Pioli, Pioli hires Josh McDaniel away from the Patriots. No. And boom goes the dynamite. No good? <laughs> you just walked away from the podcast. I'm okay. sorry, and I and I walked all over your big your big uh That was my stop. big my big reveal. I'm sorry. Why wouldn't Josh McDaniel be better in his second stint as a head coach? Was Eric Mangini better in his second stint? Having what was Bill, was Bill Belichick? Oh, so Josh McDaniel is going to be Bill Belichick. That's right. That's right. And not Eric Mangini. Okay. Correct. That's right. Hey, look, say this for Josh McDaniel. He knew that Jay Cutler was nuts. <laughs> Got rid of him in a heartbeat. That's true. I I I would do that. I would sign for that. I guess. What kind of sign for it? Well, let's see. And you go trade from Ryan Mallett? Boom. Away we go. <laughs> what are you doing? I've just I've just given you your 2015 New York Jets. Oh, that's it. Bing, bang, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Bing, bing, bing. Pioli. Hey, who do they draft? Uh, in that scenario. Oh, they, they take an offensive lineman. Take the best offensive lineman available. Or a corner, just to, just to rub it in on Itzik. Be like... Right. Yeah, we're taking a corner, buddy. Um, okay, the Islanders, really quick, and then I want to get to the fun load. Okay, yeah, really quick. No, I, I, I think the one thing to talk about was last week you were sort of despondent. Have you? Despondent was a, was a very that's a very strong word. I I felt it necessary. Wasn't despondent. Did you push the panic button? No, just just aggravated. I was aggravated with them. I wasn't panicking. Did you hover over the panic button? You no. were saying things like. The whole great start was wasted. I know. Just a 500 team. If they don't et cetera, turn around, et cetera, <laughs> you lose. Good day, sir. It's all here on this photostatic copy that you signed. Ipso facto. Delicatum. You lose. You get nothing. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. The ceiling now has to be sanitized and washed. Sorry. No, that's not that's not how I work. <laughs> that's not it at all. No, I was slightly, slightly more rational than that. But only slightly. I was irrational about them. I got I was very nervous. I thought that I did not like the way that they played. You blamed it on the injuries. I blamed it on the effort. I did not blame it on the injuries. I blamed Fine. it on the rain. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And also on Rio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I played the blame game. I blamed it on Rio and the rain. And the alcohol with Jamie Foxx. That's right. No, uh, I I didn't blame I, – I thought the injuries was, were a much larger part of the story than you did. Yes. And I felt, I felt that – Effort. Even with the injuries, right. 
they had jumped out to three nothing leads in two of those games. Not a great look <laughs> with all those guys missing. So I was I wasn't panicking. I was angry because I felt like they were starting to believe their hype and rested on their laurels a little bit, and they turned the effort level down. And then they went out and they played a fantastic game against the Blackhawks last Saturday. Yep. And I felt a lot better about that. I did not like the way they played on Monday against the Devils, but they did find a way to win the game. So now they've won two after they lost three. And the question will become, are they, and I said this to you earlier, are they the 18-7 and team of the first six weeks, or are they the 3-3 and team of the last two weeks? What are they? And I think my answer is I don't know yet until I see the lineup back intact. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I need to see Boychuk and Hamannick and, and back in the lineup. Zeker is back in the lineup as well. I need to see that for a few games now to gauge where they are. They also seem to play better against better teams. They do. They do, I, and the coach I, even said so. They And they have some really good teams coming up. So, uh, you know, they have Tampa Bay. They Tomorrow night they have Detroit, right? Friday night in Detroit. Or Friday night in Detroit. Friday night it was late. I was walking you home. I backed out to the gate and I was dreaming of the night. <laughs> Been, waiting all... Been waiting all night to drop the needle on that one. Friday night. We'll go walking in the park and reminiscing. I don't know if I got all those words right, but... It sounded yeah, you get, great. You get the impression. I was right? late. I, I, I wish I was one of those backup singers, those 70s backup singers. Eric Carmen. Eric Carmen. We'll go dancing in the... Dancing in the night. Dancing in the dark. Dancing in the dark. Walking through the park and reminiscing. Boo. There's a couple of boos in there, right? You have to have a good boo. I think it, I think we need to see them uninjured. Friday night in Detroit, Saturday night here against Tampa Bay. Friday Next night. Tuesday, home against Montreal. Three really tough games. Three really tough games that I'm win really... One, win one of them. Eh, win two of them. Eh, win one, maybe go to overtime on another one. Three so points out of six. Want three points out of six. I want four. We only wanted two. If Boychuk and Hamannick are back, I want four. We only wanted we wanted six out of the next twelve. I and tell we've you, got four so far. So El Capitan is awfully lucky they won that game the other night. Awfully lucky. Yeah, that was because he's got it. He's got to be better than that. He's got to be. Yeah, but you know, there's there. Islander fans are like Looney Tunes over him right now. Like they're they're re- they were really angry on Monday night with, with John Tavares. It's the first time you've really seen that from them, and they were rightfully so. He almost cost them two points. Well, why? so so let's put all the pieces together of this mystery. Where's PG's uh, mystery music? <laughs> because we're going to put the pieces together of the John Tavares mystery. Uh, all right, well, we'll wait for that to, uh, to queue up there. And on my mark in three... If only we had music to unpack the John Tavares mystery. So all season, John Tavares does not seem to be himself. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the captain, number 91, the Islanders. Very curious. 
that last year's Hart Trophy finalist just seemed off. Ah, but what's, what has gone on in the last year with John Tavares? What happened to John Tavares at the Olympics? Question, you answer the question. <laughs> Sorry. He hurt his knee. Hurt his knee, right. Damn it. Poor ligament. Meniscus, whatever it was. A, min- a meniscal ligament. <laughs> These medical records that you've given me indicate that it was a meniscus. <laughs> Although I can't see, it's very dark in here. Put, put the light on, please. And why are you smoking? That's I didn't besides know, the point. I didn't know you smoked. So John Tavares hurt his knee, right? Yes. yes. He hasn't been himself for a lot of this season. He has not looked like himself. Right? Maybe he's protecting or preoccupied with the injury. Good question, right? Plausible? Yeah. Sure. Okay. On Monday night, he takes a hit in the middle of the ice and reacts in a way that John Tavares doesn't react. He basically stabbed the guy. <laughs> in the in the bells. Brick stabbed the guy. <laughs> With a trident. With a trident. I saw that. He basically he basically speared a guy in his in his groin. Like like goons don't do what he did. <laughs> it was it was like it was right in the balls too. He hit the with, guy square in the balls. With three minutes left in a tie game. Actually, it was like a minute fifty-seven because it extended into the overtime. Right, right, that's right. So <laughs> just jacked the guy right in the balls, right it, in the ball. It just it just it lends to my theory. That there's something going on with him, and I don't know if he's either still hurt or he's really preoccupied with getting hurt again. Right. He doesn't and when there was it. right, and there was a danger on that hit on Monday, and yeah. he reacted completely irrationally. Because it was a low. It, yep. It was a low open ice hit. It was. I didn't love that hit either, but no, I, I think it was. It was careless. It wasn't. I don't think there was yeah. intent to injure. It was just That's a careless right. hit. Not cheap. It's just not. Right. And I think, and and I, the way he reacted would indicate he felt the same way. I don't. It wasn't cheap, but it was just like yo, almost like dude, what are you doing? Right. I think. I think he's really, he's not past the injury. Could be. I think that that's what it is. I love this theory. He's still one of the top players in hockey. Yes, I'm starting to buy it. Uh, I'm starting to buy your theory, though. But we have to. We have to remember that he's still, you know. A top ten guy in the sport. Do you have he's a, a pam- do you have a pamphlet or anything? Or maybe you should start a website. John Injured dot com. I have audio tapes. JT is in the car. JT is injured dot com, and you can get a banner maybe up in the uh, right. and we'll do flags and stuff at the uh, at the Islander games. That's right. what you I'm dressed do. as a referee right now. As a matter of fact, start the campaign. The linesman. Start the campaign, boy. That's gonna be. Let's let's wrap it up here. That's gonna be some scene on Sunday at the Jet game. Uh, it's gonna be ugly. That's gonna be some scene, some yep. scene. And heaven forbid they win. Is it out of the realm of possibility that they win that game? No, it's not. I've seen crazier things. I've seen crazier things. I it's not remotely out of the realm of possibility. Will they? Probably not. Uh, they might get waxed forty-five to three, but then again, you could, the way how well the Patriots are playing right now. But then, if there's one thing Rex Ryan does, it's game plan well for Tom Brady. 
you know, True. other than when they're losing 45 to 3. And there seems to be this kind of groundswell that this is a really important game because they know that this is Rex's swan song and the players are going to play hard. And right. I'll believe it when I see them down by four in the fourth quarter with the ball trying to win the game. And hey, look, if you go look at their season this year, Cal, six games, six of their losses were by one score. Yeah, I know. I know. They could be a playoff team right now. They, or at the very least, if they go three and three in those games right now, they're six and seven, or they're six and eight, right. and, you, and you're looking at a respectable year. And you're looking at Rex Ryan coming back next year. Yep. And you're looking at John Itzik not taking the beating he's taking. He still would be taking the beating at six and eight. I think not he as bad. Would. No, not as Jeez. bad, Cal. I I think after that press conference, he would be taking the beating. That press conference wouldn't have happened that way if they beat the Packers and the Bears. I mean, don't forget, don't forget, three of those games are of the first five. I think it would happen. When when that press conference happened, had they won those three games, which they should have, when that press conference happens, they're four and five into the bye. Right, and he still would have come out of that press conference appearing way over his head. I don't think he ever would have said what he said in that press conference. I I don't think that press conference happens that way if they're four and five after that difficult part of their schedule with the quote-unquote easy portion of their schedule coming up. You know what, though? We'll never know. We'll never know. You know why? Because they're a poorly coached friggin' team, and they should have won three of those six games, including the Packers game, the Bears game, and the Lions game. Drops the mic. Sexual chocolate. That is where we decided to end Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete number 208. Seemed like a good spot to do so. Hope you enjoyed it. And the fun load for this episode, uh, which was very funny, um, will be coming out shortly. So check that out. Go to www.rtusports.com for all the latest episodes, or you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. We hope that you do. Okay, thanks.